Let's say a quick prayer over Brad here while folks are getting their drink. Lord Jesus, I ask you to send your spirit here among us. Anoint the words that Brad has for us this morning. Anoint our hearts that we might be open to hear what he has to speak. Be moved and be able to move it into our lives to build your kingdom for your greater glory. Amen. Happy Sunday, everyone. Hey, it's great to be here. I <clears throat> uh, just wanted to give a shout out to anyone drinking water for, for colon health. Right. Here, here. Drink up. <clears throat> All right. Uh, hey, I'm going to talk about gratitude this morning. And uh, just as we were praying today, Matt's lead-in, I think the the gospel for today about the narrow gate, I think uh, just as we're, as you enter into this talk, here's a thought, Uh, the narrow gate, uh, gratitude is one of those virtues that uh, unlocks other virtues. So think of gratitude as a sort of narrow gate for us, uh, that on the other side of that gate is beautiful and wonderful things. Uh, So think about it that way. I was grateful to the Lord uh, in much gratitude uh, for that insight. So the narrow gate, uh, another way to look at that is a sense of gratitude. And I hope that we can come away from today with some practicals about how to be more gratitude, how to be more grateful. Uh, maybe one one particular action that we're going to take with us. Uh, that's my hope. I'm firmly convinced that uh, one of the ways to to really fight and to and to move against selfishness and self focus is turning to gratitude, getting our eyes off of me and my problems and my situations, uh, and onto others and onto the Lord. So I hope that we can come away with something tangible and practical today. I'm just going to start with a scripture as we talk about gratitude from Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, verse 11 to 19. It says this, as Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee, and he was entering a village. Ten lepers met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voice, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. As they were going... They were cleansed, and one of them, realizing that he had been healed, returned, glorifying God in a loud voice, and he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus said in reply, ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? 
Then he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. I'm just going to dig into that story a little bit. Uh, we hear a lot about leprosy in the, in the Gospels and the, throughout Scripture. We know it to be uh, terrible skin disease. Uh, now it's treatable with antibiotics, but through most of history, it wasn't. So it's a bacterial infection that causes open sores and deformities uh, and nerve damage. And it's contagious. So as you can imagine, <clears throat> that doesn't sound great. So catching leprosy was, was rather terrifying. So lepers were ostracized from the community. They were pushed outside of the city limits to live amongst themselves. When lepers entered the broader society, uh, they might be required to wear a bell so people would hear them coming. Or others, uh, <clears throat> they would need to call out before them, unclean, unclean. If leopards were spotted by healthy people, there would be a cry of and a pointing of leper, unclean, just so everyone knew that they were in the vicinity. And we know the setting of the story, right? The gospel tells us that. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, and he was going through the region of Samaria. And then he was approached by these ten lepers. And he says something curious. They approach him, and he says, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went... They were cleansed. As Jew, uh, Jewish priests were the ones who had the authority to declare somebody either clean or unclean in society. It, it talks about that in quite a lot of detail in Leviticus. Uh, if you've ever read chapters 13 and 14, it talks all about different types of skin diseases. Um, it's it's uh, interesting. Uh, but one could infer from this that Jesus wanted these men with leprosy to be seen by the priests so that they could be pronounced clean and cured and be integrated back into society. But Jesus didn't cure them immediately. He didn't touch them as he, he did in other situations. Rather, he ordered them to go to the priests. And thankfully, for these ten lepers, they had enough faith in Jesus to do what he said. They had confidence that he would heal them. And as they were going to the priests, they were healed. Imagine the scene of the lepers. There's ten of them. They're stumbling along, right? Probably hurrying a bit out of maybe some anticipation presumably to where the priests are, maybe in the city, maybe with a little apprehension, but excitement. And as they were going, they were cured. And it doesn't say anything about how. Maybe it was one at a time, or maybe it was all together, or maybe it was gradual, or maybe it was instant. We don't know. But it, it can be a helpful reflection to just imagine what these men were thinking 
Finally. Freedom. I can't believe it. Single-minded focus. I need to get to the priest so I can get on with my life. Thank you, Jesus. So all ten of them received physical healing from Jesus. They were cleansed from this horrible disease. Yet only one, a foreigner, a Samaritan, who Jews wanted nothing to do with. They didn't want to be around them. They didn't want to encounter them. But that one, realizing that he had been healed, returned. Did the others not realize that they were healed? Probably not. I'm sure that they did realize it. Again, were they just single-mindedly focused on getting to the priests to be pronounced healed, to get back to their normal life? Were they only thinking of themselves? Were they in disbelief? Maybe they thought about going to say thank you to Jesus, but I'll do that at another time, maybe later. We do, we've got to believe that they were grateful to some degree, probably. But what was missing? What was missing from the nine who didn't return and the one who did? What didn't the nine do that the one did? What do you think? What's that? They didn't have gratitude? So, but they, did, they, they may have had gratitude, but they didn't act on it. right? They didn't act. They didn't do anything about it. They just kept going to the priest. So they were obedient in that regard, uh, but they didn't act on their gratitude. The only thing we know about the other nine is that they didn't come back. Nothing else. But again, it can be helpful to reflect uh, certainly on the one that did return, but it can also be helpful to think about how am I like the other nine? What is my response when I receive a gift or a blessing from the Lord? Do I ever have great intentions of giving thanks, but maybe a later time? Maybe you don't have that experience. That's my experience often, where... Uh, something happens to me and I, I don't take the time to give thanks to the Lord. So let's talk about thankfulness. And one of them, it says again, realizing that he had been healed, returned glorifying God in a loud voice and he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He realized that he had been physically healed and turned his eyes to the Lord an act of thanksgiving that he received was far more than just the physical healing, however. For Jesus said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. Or other translations say, Your faith has made you well. So not only had he been physically healed, but in recognizing that Jesus is the healer, And turning to him, he received salvation from the Lord. 
So while all ten received physical healing and the benefits of the physical healing, only the Samaritan, in returning to Jesus and worshiping at his feet, giving thanks to him, received the grace that the Lord had to offer. For this gratitude, this leper got the prize of friendship with Jesus Christ and salvation, an extra gift given to this one leper. Just want to share uh, just a few thoughts about gratitude, and there'll be some, uh, after that, we're going to do some, uh, I'll need some help to finish the talk about that. Be looking for some feedback and some input. Uh, just three things. I just wanted to say that uh, maybe you've experienced this, that gratefulness begets gratefulness. When we experience gratefulness, either from someone else or within ourselves, it brings about more gratefulness. Even the wider culture has picked up on this one. Just search an attitude of gratitude. 52 million results popped up in less than a half a second. An attitude of gratitude. I'm not going to talk about that, but I am going to say that gratitude begets gratitude. Uh, just this week in preparations for this talk, <clears throat> I experienced on a couple occasions uh, some brothers that I've had long relationship with uh, that reached out to me to connect, to see how I was doing. What a blessing that is. What a beautiful gift that these brothers had given to me. And I was really grateful for that. And it sparked within me a renewed gratitude for our way of life, where committed long-term relationships are esteemed and held up as a model for Christian love for one another. Gratitude for what the Lord has done in my life and how he's used brothers like these, two men to shape me into the man that I am today. Grateful that while I don't do it well or consistency, that I have the opportunity to return thoughtfulness and gratefulness to others in my life. So through these acts of gratefulness to me, became uh, just a flood of gratefulness from me. Brothers and sisters, it costs little to show gratitude to the Lord and to others. Let's just remember that gratitude begets gratitude. Gratitude and gratefulness also moves our gaze. Right? We, we pray about that often when we're in worship. Psalm 121 says, I raise my eyes towards the mountains. From whence shall my, come my help? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It can be really helpful when we're down or consumed or overwhelmed by something in our life to turn to gratefulness as a means to move our gaze off of ourselves and that thing that's drawing our attention to something greater. Right? And the intent isn't to gloss over or ignore or to hide the thing that might be drawing our attention, but rather to put in perspective who the Lord is 
in relation to whatever that thing is. Gratitude helps us to recognize that the Lord cares about us. So as we move our gaze upon him, he not only cares about us and for us, but he desires personal relationship with us. He desires intimacy with us. And in his care, he has all things in mind. All troubles, all concerns, all challenges, all failures. And again, he may not take them away. Often he doesn't because it's for ultimately our good. But it can help us in our gratitude to turn to him and say, Lord, I can't do this, but Lord, you can do this. So our acts of gratefulness to the Lord help us to acknowledge his care for us. A couple of saint quotes. St. Gianna said, The secret of happiness is to live moment by moment and to thank God for what he is sending us every day in his goodness. Amen. St. Escriva said this, Get used to lifting your hearts to God in acts of thanksgiving many times a day, he says, because he gives you this and that, because you have been despised, because you haven't what you need, or because you have. Thank him for everything, because everything is good. A couple practicals in this regard. Uh, the opportunity that's presented itself, that presents itself uh, when we open the Lord's Day, some particular prayers that uh, as a community we, we pray to open the Lord's Day on Saturday evening. Uh, what, a, what a great gift that is on a regular basis to be able to think about and recall and verbalize something that we're grateful for from the past week. That's a good practice. It's a good practice for ourselves. It's a good practice for our families, for our children. Recognizing that God is the source of all that is good. Accepting all that comes from him. From Romans 8.28, we know that all things work for good for those who love God. And then lastly, Gratefulness heals and brings about unity, right? We know in our own experience that it's enjoyable to be around people who are grateful. Conversely, it can be really difficult to be around people that are ungrateful. When we express our gratitude for others to them, it builds bonds of love and friendship. It says to one and the other, I recognize your sacrifice and your gift and your thoughtfulness and it's been a real blessing to me. The act of gratitude to another can bring about healing and unification of hearts. Another uh, simple example of this is uh, honoring people on their birthdays or other special occasions like wedding anniversaries. Take note of something that we're grateful for in that person, a character trait or something that they've done for us, <clears throat> and just calling that to mind. Again, verbalizing that uh, in front of whoever's there at a birthday or something, at a, at a gathering, a beautiful thing. 
or within our families, uh, within our marriages. Think about your own family relationships and expressing gratitude and that, how that creates bonds of love and breaks down hardness of heart and heals. So a couple examples, but there's a lot more. So this is, this is the audience participation part. Right, I gave you just a couple nuggets to think about, uh, and I would like us to just take a minute. We're going we're gonna to focus on two different things. One would be, what are some ways that we can express gratitude to the Lord? We're going to do that one first. And then what are some ways that we can express gratitude to one another? So let's try to keep those, keep those separate just for the sake of our simple minds this morning. Gratitude to God. So whatever comes to mind, how can we... So this could be an opportunity to uh, just speak to maybe something that the Lord has put on your own heart that's been a blessing to you. Or this could be an opportunity to build somebody else up because you know that they do something that, that, that brings a gratefulness in their own heart to the Lord. So anyone out there, what's something that we can do to bring about great, a sign of gratitude to the Lord himself? Any ideas? Serving, serving in our parishes. Stopping to take time to notice the Lord's beautiful, beautiful things in, cre- in creation. More than 10% dive. Generosity, a beautiful act of great gratefulness. What else? For safety, for travel, yeah. (laughs) Follow up and say thank you to him. Amen, that's beautiful. What else? Amen. Amen. So gratefulness for uh, the little people that the Lord puts in our life at all times, as much as possible. What else? Complain less. Complain less. The Lord would appreciate that. He doesn't mind our complaints, but complain less. What can we do instead of complain? Amen. Be grateful for other circumstances. A couple more. Enter into worship. Yeah, what a perfect opportunity we have when we come together to be grateful to him when we worship. One more, Lori. 
enter into the sacraments. Amen. We get to receive the Lord himself. Let's be thankful for that. I, there was a hand up over here. Is that Beth? Amen. I think, I think the act of verbalizing something is actually, it, my wife would tell me, it engages a different part of the brain, and that's, it's helpful to do that. Use as many parts of our brain as possible, right? Okay, those are great. Did anyone take one of those with you? Take one of those with you. Those are great opportunities to grow in our thankfulness to the Lord. Uh, second one. How can we grow in gratitude to one another in our lives? How can we grow in that? What are things that we can do? Uh, what do you notice other people doing? Shout them out. Handwritten notes. Beautiful thing. Even for people with bad handwriting. Yes. Verbalizing a thank you to everyone. Yes. Taking time to honor your family before a meal. Beautiful. Donna. Again, generosity. Giving them more than they asked for. An abundance of food. That's what I went to right away. What else? Gratitude to one another. Peter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, gratitude for small things. I think that also has the, the benefit of if somebody's annoyed that you continue to be grateful for that small thing, that's actually a gift to them. They need to work on that, right? That's, it's a gift to them. Be grateful to them and verbalize it as many times as you need to. And if they don't like it, they can grow in that. Paul. To see the need behind the hurt. So taking time. Yeah, respond to that. Amen. Amen. It's a great way to be grateful. What else? Anyone? Over here. Who is that over here? Pray for them. Amen. Receiving it. That's right. That's right. Let somebody honor you. Let somebody say thank you to you. Don't dismiss it. 
John. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right, yeah, they they don't they don't get the silent praise business. Let's actually verbalize our gratefulness and our thankfulness to our children. Amen. One more. Sister. Believing believing in, in people. Yeah, amen. Right. Doesn't matter what other people think. We can still believe in them. Amen. All right, grab one of those. So we have we have two things that we've grabbed. One, and you can grab more than two, but a way that we're going to work on gratefulness to the Lord and a way that we're going to work on gratefulness to one another. And maybe in that, I would encourage us uh, to just reflect going back to the the story that we read with Jesus, thinking about how we might be like the nine lepers who didn't return and how we might be want to be more like the one who did return to him. So let us be a people who are grateful. Let us dedicate ourselves to gratefulness, brothers and sisters. Amen. Thank you, Brad.